Welcome to the Luminate Speakeasy podcast, where luminaries from all across the globe share their real life stories of awakening. I'm your host, Amy Patti. Let's get into today's episode. Hey there, thank you so much for being here and for tuning in to today's show. Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to give a brief introduction to today's luminary, and I also wanted to give a little trigger warning that we are talking about death by drug overdose today. And so please know if that topic is not a well-suited topic for you, just go ahead and press pause, move on to the next episode, and know that this show will be here for you at any point in the future if you want to come back and tune in. So today's luminary is Angela Ogle, and she's a 56-year-old yoga teacher with a passion for connecting with others. She shares both her story, which you're going to hear in depth today on the show, and the practices of yoga to help show others that there are so many possibilities when you awaken to what you can learn through love and loss and the acceptance of self. And I have to say that being with Angela was a beautiful experience. It was a tearjerker and I learned so, so much. So I'm excited for you to listen in and let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Luminate Speakeasy podcast. I'm your host, Amy, and today I am with Angela Ogle and Welcome, Angela. It's so great to have you here. Thanks, Amy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and thank you for being willing to share a story with us today. So let's dive right into your awakening story. Um, My name is Angela, and I am uh, Ryan's mom, which I'll always be Ryan's mom. But about seven years ago, I lost my son, Ryan. He was 21, and... He and some friends purchased uh, fentanyl online, so he passed away at an accidental overdose in September of 2015. So this is, yeah, that was a life-changing event for me um, mm. okay. and an awakening event of how you can spend so many years protecting and nurturing. And then that moment that we all um, think will never happen to us happened. Mm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And you said it was about seven years ago Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you lost Ryan. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine your journey has been filled with so many ups and downs Mm -hmm. since then. Would you be willing to just take us back to that first year and just what happened after you found out mm-hmm. about Ryan passing away. This was a very surprise event. Yeah, very sudden. Yes. Yeah. What was that like for you immediately following his passing? Well, you're in a you're definitely still in a state of shock um at the very beginning. So I feel like the first oh gosh, the first few months are still really foggy. Like mm-hmm. I well, you know, you just kind of barely function. If you, um, if you get out of bed and take a shower, you feel pretty good. Or if you eat, um, I was very fortunate to have a really large support group around me, um, his friends, my family, but it was very challenging. And because of the way he passed, there was so much, there was my own guilt 
Um, and that, especially in the first year, it still comes up now, but there is my own guilt around that. And then the, I feel like maybe protection. I guess it's still like my instinct never went away to be a mother and mm -hmm. it's still there, the need to protect him. So mm -hmm. because of how he passed, mm -hmm. protecting him and his memory still. Um, so there was a lot of protection, like really wanting to make sure people knew his story and knew him for more than just some kid who died of an accidental overdose. Yeah. But also really trying to make sense of, even from the very beginning, how do I wrap my arms around this? How do I make this somehow help others? You know, so at first you don't want to tell his story, but then I started telling his story more and more because I knew that if I told his story, mm -hmm. it might make a difference to someone else because just like he didn't think, oh, this can ever happen to me. Most kids don't think it can happen to them. Yeah. Most families don't think it can happen to them. So when you giving it, um, giving it a voice, giving mm -hmm. him a voice, giving mm -hmm. that a little bit of power maybe to make some changes for mm -hmm. others too. And then I found a lot of grief support groups for myself, other moms. Um, that was very helpful. And in the beginning, I'm such a fixer. Mm, yep. um, and I wanted to mother someone or take care of someone else. So also finding in those support groups, those that I connected with that would also help me along the way instead of maybe someone who was gonna, I don't know how to say it. I don't want to say, you know, everyone has their own process of how they want to grieve, but yeah. someone who was handling it maybe a little different than me or so angry or didn't know I, I wanted to help them, but I didn't, I wanted to fix them, but I was thinking, oh no, I need to find someone who's handling this in a way that's going to be helpful to me too. Does that make sense? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of navigating what's going to help me, what's going to help others. I found myself really mothering his friends because I knew they were losing a, a best friend at 21 and maybe they'd never been through that kind of a loss before. Yeah. So I found myself really reach. I think they were my lifeline to help. I started out wanting to help them. Yeah. And yeah. then I found that even now, seven years later, they helped me so much. Mm. Um, and they were a safe place to share his stories because they never... Other people struggled a little to hear, mm. like, and I, I understand, but it's a hard thing. You know, when someone hears about the death of a child, they don't, they don't want to hear it sometimes because it's like too close to home. That could be my child or that could be me. Or, um, so I think that sharing his stories with his friends was helpful mm -hmm. to all of us to still keep him alive. And, mm -hmm. and I think it helped them make different decisions in their world too. Yeah. You know, they paid attention more. Yeah. I love that. So it sounds like. There was a definitely shock. Oh, yeah. Very much. A foggy period. Oh, for sure. Like, eat some food, take a shower if possible. Mm -hmm. And you had a lot of support holding you mm -hmm. during that time. And I kind of want to circle back to so many things and we'll move forward too. But what is something that you can say to a person who just lost their son to a drug overdose. Like you said, also, that's not who he was, but that an accidental drug overdose is how he passed away. Yeah. And I can see where, you know, I think in our culture, lots of, uh, lots of people just get really uncomfortable yes. around death. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to, you know, process it for ourselves. And then we don't know how to talk to other people about it. Mm -hmm. And then if somebody has lost a loved one, mm -hmm. we don't know, should we say we're sorry? Should we, you know, yeah. what did you love to hear from other people? What made you 
And it, uh, yeah, I can tell you what I love to hear. It may be different for everyone. Yeah. Um, so not all of us are the same. I have some other moms in my support group that feel a little differently about what helps them. But I do think that for most of us and for me especially, it was um, usually, oh, I can't even imagine is okay to say that. Mm-hmm. To really just say, I can't even imagine because most people can't, to be really honest. Yeah. Um, and to say, tell me about Ryan. Um, I really appreciated when someone said, what what did he like to do or tell me tell me something about him like did he what kind of music did he like I mean mm-hmm. something that simple like I, I would say my son was a musician and people would say well what did he play mm-hmm. I liked questions about him I want to tell stories about him and keep him alive um I can tell you what not to say <laughs> the moms in our support group too it was always interesting we we were going to write a book about that and we may still do that one day what not to say um it's really hard when someone says, I, I think they're in a better place. And I, mm. I, I want to respect other people's faith and belief, but to tell a mom that their child is in a better place than right here with them yeah. is really hard to hear, yeah. you know, or everything happens for a reason is another one. That's mm. okay when someone loses a job or goes through a breakup, but not when their kid dies, there's like no, no good reason, but people mean well, Yeah. but those aren't helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more helpful to... And sometimes just to say, my heart is with you. Mm. I can't even imagine again, or I'm sorry is okay. I'm sorry for your loss, but, um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I know what has been helpful for me is more when someone just says, I can't even imagine. And do you want to talk about him or do you want to, what is helpful? I've even had people say that. What would help you right now? Yeah. You know, and that's actually not so bad. Yeah. What can I do to help? Bringing a little, I, yeah. bringing a little curiosity yeah. Yeah. and just being, yeah. being there to yeah. support, but yeah. really framing it around yeah. the other person and asking them directly yeah. what they need. And I didn't have this happen for me, but some, another friend told me, and I think it's beautiful and I've done it since for a friend and it was helpful is instead of saying, what can I do to help? Um, or I'll, I'll always be there, you know, or how can I, you know, I think sometimes to actually show up, right? So to say, Hey, I'm coming over with coffee and biscuits or I'm coming over with your favorite food or I'm coming over yeah. I'm bringing food and what's best for you. Do what you want me to come over today or is tomorrow better, but not just I'll be here whenever you need me to actually like, especially in the beginning and even later to really show up like mm. I'm on my way mm-hmm. or, and if someone says, I don't really want you right now, then be open to that, but okay, I'll be there tomorrow then or whatever. But like, I think sometimes giving an either, or mm-hmm. do you want me to come today or tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And then they don't get a chance to say no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't need you at all because I think sometimes we feel badly asking for that help, even though we need it. Yeah. Um, I know I did sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. I had that happen recently. Like some, some people wanted to support and I almost said, no, it was the anniversary, a seven year anniversary of mm-hmm. his passing. And I was in Greece doing a yoga teacher training and these students wanted to help and they're like, can we do something to honor Ryan today? And I almost said no. And then I thought they want to do this. They want to do something. And for years I complained that nobody knew what to do or how to do things. Mm -hmm. And I should let them, you know, I should let them help because that helps them. And so I let them, I said, yeah, if you guys want to do something. And it was beautiful. They lit candles down at the, by the sea, they had flowers. We all threw a flower in for him. Mm-hmm. We shared stories. They played his favorite song for me. It was beautiful. It was just, and they didn't know if it was going to be helpful or not, but I, I think the fact that they showed up 
and tried was really beautiful. Yeah. It was also hard. Yeah. But it was really powerful to mm. think that seven years later they understood and didn't think, oh, you should be over this by now. <laughs> oh, haven't yeah. you moved on? <laughs> exactly. And I think that that's a piece that weaves into grief in general mm. is how long is this going to take? How long are you going to be grieving? Yes. When does the grief end? Yes. Can you speak to that a little bit in regards to your own journey? Yeah. Um, I had a friend and she is a really close friend and it was hard for her to hear me tell Ryan's stories even. And she said that to me once. She said, I have a hard time when you tell his stories. And I said, do you want us to stay? You know, I think I had to, I had to train my friends a little bit on how to, I said, if you really want us to still be close, you're, if you can listen to the stories that will help me forever because I'm forever going to be changed. I, you get to, I think that the hardest part for us as parents or people that have lost someone in general is people, some people get to tell the stories of their, uh, their mothers, their parents, their children that are still alive Mm -hmm. and you want to hear them and you want to allow space for them. But if, they can't allow you space to kind of still share your stories about that person. It's harder. Mm. Um, and I think that never really goes away wanting to keep them alive. Um, the process gets different with time. Uh, how do I, and I think people want you to, maybe I, what I mean by that, I'm, it's harder to articulate this, but I think your friends, the reason they want you to get over it is or through it, or they want a time frame is they want that version of you back that was there before, that person that was happy, that mm. person that they miss yeah. after, especially after a loss like this. And you'll really never be that same person again, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but with time, I think you'll find the new version of you that is still able to find joy or find some smiles or find laughter. But again, I think maybe sitting with it in in that with your friends and letting them or someone that you know that's grieving, letting them do it their way a little helps the time. I wouldn't say go quicker, but just helps them through that process of time. I don't know. It's for me, it was telling stories about him still always. And so I just said, if you're going to let me tell stories about him, I'll feel safer Mm -hmm. being able to share whatever I'm feeling in any moment. And then I think I'll go through it. I think that helped me. Mm-hmm. But I guess I think maybe for each person it's different. Um, mm-hmm. The allowing space, the, um, I went to a counselor and at first I didn't want to go see a counselor because I thought I'm not depressed. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's going to happen here? Um, how is she going to fix this? I think I wanted a fix because mm-hmm. everyone else wanted me to go to the counselor to be fixed, to yeah. be who I used to be. Yep. Um, and when I went to her, I thought she was... I resisted going, but she was a really big part of what helped, Mm -hmm. um, is finding that right person to connect with. And she said to me, I can't fix this. Like, and I think I loved that she said that, Mm -hmm. but what is it that you want to accomplish? She asked me, you know, what do we want to do here? And for me, it was after the end of the session, it was to find purpose again Mm -hmm. because my purpose had been being his mom. Yeah. That was a big purpose for my entire 21 years of his existence. I, that was a big part of my identity. And then um, she was honest too about like bringing my guilt from like this seven or eight where it was at to maybe a three, mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. overall. She yep. never thought she'd make it go away because I think any parent who loses a child never gets over that guilt completely because our job is to protect them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that finding my purpose again and getting through that and having someone to talk to that never pushed me 
was good. So, and again, friends that didn't push me to get over, but help me walk through. And mm. I think that's what she did too. So I think that's part of the, my yoga journey too, is like not moving on, but moving through, mm-hmm. flowing through it all. Mm-hmm. And knowing that it's a moment by moment thing, yeah. not even a day by day thing. <laughs> yeah. T- tell me about how yoga played a part in your journey. So I, I don't even know if I should call it like a healing journey. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about awakening here and yeah. awakening journey. Yeah. You know, what is the name for this journey? It's a hard one too, because some, I have other moms in my support group who don't like the word journey because journey implies it's something you want to go on. Right. Mm-hmm. Journey is usually, but it is hard. There's words are hard. Yeah. Um, words are really hard and we don't even have a really a word for moms who have lost a child, a bereaved mother or a bereaved parent, mm-hmm. but you know, there's a widow and someone loses a, a you know, yep. you know, so it's an interesting thing or you're an orphan when you lose a mom or dad, you're not really an orphan, but that's, you know, mm-hmm. um, but when you, yeah, there's not a word. Um, so I don't mind journey, but, or healing journey. And I don't know that you'll ever, I'll have her come to a place of being healed from this. Yeah. Yeah. That's so why it's, again, it's interesting it to call a weird... it a healing journey, but we're calling it an awakening journey like for that. today, which, yeah, I which think is... that's true. Which it seems like yeah. you have awakened in yeah. many ways yeah. from this experience. Oh, yeah. And so how did yoga play a role yeah. in this experience? This awakening, yeah. I think awakening is okay, and I think it's interesting because I think, again, I started to become aware of all the process of all the processes of grief and all the feelings that go along with it, and some of it is anger, and some of it is sad, and some of it is disbelief. And I wanted words for that or names for that or to feel like all that I was feeling was normal because you don't feel in any way normal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, I joined these support groups for other moms. I connected with other moms who had been through the same thing. I didn't want to be in that club. I didn't want them to be in the club, Mm -hmm. but I found that that sharing of empathy or understanding was helpful. So I met another mom who had lost her son to an accidental overdose a little bit before me and she had gone to a a grief retreat for mothers and it was called a meadowlark moms it was through this tim griffith foundation and it was amazing through another mom who had lost her son Mm -hmm. and so i went to california in san anselmo california i went to a retreat there was a retreat there were six of us moms there and there were counselors available and other moms that had lost children were there volunteering services to be of service to us all weekend. So they cooked for us. They took care of us. They, um, it was a safe space to sit and share. Mm -hmm. And we had a mom there bring yoga. She had lost her daughter. And I just felt in that moment on my mat, like, so I had just that reintroduction to being in this space where it was okay to feel whatever I felt in that moment. She in particular was so guided us through this really safe space. And I started practicing again. I hadn't really been practicing yoga in that way. And I hadn't really thought of it as much. I would go for walks with, and and talk to my son there, but I hadn't t- thought about it so much as a safe space to be whatever I needed to be flowing through that moment. Mm-hmm. So she really reintroduced yoga to me. And then I came home and started practicing more and more and just found it again. I'm, I'm pretty clumsy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was a place that I had to be in the moment because if not, I was going to fall over or if not, I was going to, you know, learning balance again and mm-hmm. learning all of these things 
I could feel whatever I felt in that moment. And some moments it was sad and some moments it was happy and some moments it was actually encouraged or accomplished because I held tree for a moment, you know, or whatever it was. And so it was a really great thing for me. And as I came to practice yoga more and more and started talking about that with my counselor and how it helped me, we started talking about purpose. She's like, well, why don't you just like quit your job and become a yoga teacher and go get yoga certified? And I was like, Okay. And she really didn't have to talk me into it. <laughs> okay. So I always tell her it was like her that did it. And she's like, you didn't really need me to encourage you. But it was a sane, a relatively sane person telling me that doing this crazy thing seemed okay. Like you had something epic happen in your life. And why not do something epic as well? Like make an epic change. You had an epic change. Why do you need to keep moving in the same trajectory? You know, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. Um, her encouraging me to to do something a little bit crazy um, was really mm-hmm. ins- she yeah you know, was just another inspiring thing along the path. Mm-hmm. Um, so you went and became a yoga teacher mm-hmm. because your identity did change yeah. significantly, and mm-hmm. it, and so in one way it kind of freed you up to mm-hmm. to explore mm-hmm. this other path for you in your life. Yes. And once you became a yoga teacher, and I know you have other stories from being in the practice and doing the practice and and now teaching the practice. Mm -hmm. And like if you kind of inch your way forward, you know, maybe you're at like year five or year six, but but where where are you at in that in that journey or that this awakening experience? we move forward kind of move move forward a little bit more I feel like I I feel like I can still kind of be especially now the the journey has taken me in so many different directions yes um but I feel like it's it's not just it's awakened a lot of different things for me it's awakened the opportunity to help other moms that are in grief maybe allow a safe space for them either on their mat or through meditation. Cause I've worked a lot. I worked a lot at Faith Lodge, which is a, a space for parents who have lost kids and um, lost children. And so I felt like I was able and grandparents, I felt like I was able to hold space for others. Um, but also to realize that the awakening for me was that we're all kind of experiencing something, right? I think I became really selfish in the first year, especially of my grief and selfish in the sense of kind of, angry that my, my friends had lost a version, different version of me, you know, mm-hmm. my mom, my, my partner, people that knew and loved me. And I was pretty selfish about, well, I just lost my son. And then I started finding this, I need to find a better version of myself for others too, not just for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So this awakening of how can I be the best version of me for everyone else too? It was almost easier in the beginning to do that for everyone else than for myself. Again, mm-hmm. the caretaker in me. Yeah. Um, now, seven years in, it's like, it's okay to want to be happy and find joy for myself too, not for everyone else. Mm -hmm. You know, it's finally there. Um, whereas I remember the first year not putting on my helmet on the motorcycle because I didn't care. Mm -hmm. But then I had this moment of, Oh, wait a minute. I have to put my helmet on because my mom can't lose a child. So everything was always for someone else. Mm -hmm. And even the yoga journey was a little bit for how can I help others on the mat? How can I help others? But I, I think my awakening has been in in offering that, like that affirmation or that intention we set every day on the mat and help our students set, I offered more acceptance to myself. 
I offered more acceptance for whatever I was feeling in that moment. If mm-hmm. I felt sad, I accepted that. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to, if I, I want to feel happy or joy, that's okay too. And it's like, now I'm allowing that so much more. Mm-hmm. It, if I have a moment where I feel happy, I don't feel guilty for that anymore. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. 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 And it's really powerful. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I won't have a sad moment later. And it doesn't mean I don't still miss him or love him. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that at all. I can find joy again and that mm. I'm still here for some reason. Mm. I think that's a power. That's almost <laughs> like, I know we're, you can't see us, but we're both like <laughs> tears in our eyes because I feel like that's such a powerful message for people, people who have lost a loved one, a child, people who are just going through a rough time, mm-hmm. you know, have had some kind of trauma happen in their life where the joy is kind of knocked out of them. Mm-hmm. And like you are kind of like a beacon of hope in a way because you're sharing this very difficult story, this experience that you had and you're, you know, seven years later and I'm sure you had joy before that too, but, um, that you are getting your joy back, that you're allowing joy and that you can be happy and not have to be guilty about being happy. Yeah. And that's really powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I think also the acceptance of it will always be different. It maybe won't be as strong or as powerful as it was when he was here. Because there are moments that I have to, that I, that's part of it too. I mean, it's been tough. Like I'll go somewhere and I'll think, oh, the only thing that would be perfect about this day is if I was going home to tell Ryan how great this day was. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. my reality too. And that's a lot of our reality if we've lost anyone we love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still do tell him. You know, I still do tell him. I walk with him and on my mat, I talk to him and I talk to him all the time. And there's been so many signs along the way on my journey, depending on, I have no idea what people believe or don't believe. And I, but I think whatever it is you do believe, accept those signs. You know, if you feel them and you feel someone close to you and you feel them encouraging and you Mm -hmm. walking alongside of you, I think you should accept that. And, Mm -hmm. and it's helped me a lot. And I've started even journaling those, writing down mm. when I have a moment that I felt like Ryan was steering me one direction or maybe just his energy was. And then I have an affirmation that, oh, yep, that was indeed something he wanted me to do or something that felt right or something powerful. I've I've accepted that more. And I think yoga and that getting deeper within myself, um, the meditation part of things, the listening to myself more, trusting myself more. I think that's helped me be closer to what is still left of his energy here with us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And again, the Ryan was, my son was super, super funny. I mean, just one of the funniest people I ever knew. And he always wanted to make people laugh. And so I find that if I can tell a story about him that makes me laugh or laugh, makes others laugh, I still find laughter that way. And And I think that's what's been powerful for me. So again, I don't, and I don't get angry anymore if there's people that don't want to hear his stories or don't, can't do that or can't process Mm -hmm. it. Or there's been friendships along the way that I can tell I have changed or I've lost because Mm -hmm. it's just too hard to be around me or they don't want to be around that or, but I've, but I've also found so many incredible people that, that just met me and say, Oh, you know, uh, I want you to still share Ryan's story or people that say, Oh, thank you for sharing about him. I feel like I knew him because Mm -hmm. you shared stories about him. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I had one moment, this just came to me now, but it was crazy because I worked in senior living. And I remember after he died thinking, my light just doesn't shine as bright as it did before. And I went to this event and it was a networking event. And um, a lady came up to me and said, oh, your light just shines so bright. I've, this is the second time I've been at an event with you and I just love the energy you bring to a room. And I, I like said, can I hug you? Because I didn't know it was still there. Yeah. I really didn't know it was still there. Yeah. And it was really powerful to know she didn't know me before. Mm. And she still saw it. Yeah. So there's been moments like that that have really been powerful. Mm. So I also think it's, again, about that awakening of sharing that human experience. If you if you see something in someone or you mm. show, saying it. Yeah. Like that little silly thing of complimenting someone. Oh, my gosh, you have a beautiful smile. Yeah. Or, oh, my gosh, you, I saw this in you today. I think we don't do enough of that. And I think those things are really more powerful than we realize you don't know what a profound effect that will have on someone if you share with them something like that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have a little story that you would share with us about like a, a time when you've received a sign from Ryan? Cause you said that you are getting signs from him quite a bit, or you talk mm -hmm. to him a lot on your yoga mat. And um, is there any memorable story oh, that stands out? There's so many, but um, I think the most, <laughs> The craziest one was Ryan was a guitar player. He played the blues and he played a lot of music, but he was my musician, so he loved music. And when I decided to go do my yoga teacher training, um, I decided to like quit my job and go to Bali and make it epic. And mm -hmm. um, I got to Bali and was, I mean, I had several <laughs> before I even got to my yoga teacher training. I. I was on the beach one day saying, I talked to too many people and I'm out and about. I need to just reflect and be by myself. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to do stuff by myself today. And so I spent the whole day by myself and I even went to a restaurant where I was sitting on the beach alone and then started, then all of a sudden this couple sat down next to me and started talking to me. And then next thing I know I'm having dinner with them. And then the next thing I know I'm having dinner with them the next night. And that next night she shared a story with me that she had lost her son. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it really, you know, and she was inspiring to me because I didn't know that about her either. Mm -hmm. I was laughing and talking with her and she was beautiful and amazing. And I still stay in touch with her, but just really powerful. That was one thing. And then the next thing was the next day when I left and got into the cab to drive to Abood, I got out of the cab in the middle of a rice field, like, you know, and was going to have to be transported to where I was staying via motorcycle because there was no cars could go on that path. Okay. And I got out of the cab and looked down and there was a guitar pick on the ground, mm. you know? So yeah. just like things like that, that were pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. um, but even more so like times I've been on the mat and just cried and felt his presence mm -hmm. in a weird way, just felt really strongly. Um, and when I did my first class there, um, all the students were a lot younger than I was. I was the oldest one. And I kept thinking, why am I here? Why am I here? And they started calling me mama. And I was like, oh, that's why I'm here. You know, mama Yogi Bear came into play with that mm -hmm. at that group. And I think I was there to mother and to be supportive and to still know I had a, a tribe. And I enjoyed that. But when I taught, I played one of his songs during Shavasana. And no one knew it was his song. Um, and one of the students afterwards said, oh, my gosh, I was so crazy in your Shavasana song. There were all these birds flying around. So really, I mean, yeah. we were there and there was a lot of birds anyway. But he just felt that was a really powerful and 
I felt that, but someone else seeing it was kind of crazy too. So mm -hmm. there's been lots of times. Yeah. Yeah. Lots. Yeah. <laughs> I love, love hearing all, all of those stories, little signs, yeah. kind of giving you some affirmation and yeah. letting you know you're on the right path and yes. that you're still connected. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel so. And like I get feathers a lot and in Greece, the first day I was on my mat, I found a feather on my mat and no other days did we have feathers in that shala. So that was kind of crazy. So. Just, yeah, a lot of little things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a matter of being aware of them. And I think yoga has brought me to that place too. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit more awareness because you slow down a bit mm -hmm. to be aware of breathing, to be aware of so many things. Mm -hmm. So it's given me that awareness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Could you give the listeners three takeaways Maybe if they're going through grief, these things could help, but maybe they're just going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. Maybe they just want to become more whole inside mm -hmm. themselves and mm -hmm. awaken a little bit within themselves. Mm -hmm. So what, what are like the top three things that just are kind of pinging off your, your mind right now? I think the first one again is, and I, and I use it a lot. Um, it's acceptance, right? That acceptance. Um, and I think once we accept not only ourselves, but right where we're at on our journey, right? Mm -hmm. So I think we get angry because other people aren't accepting where we're at and mm. they don't, they want us to be better, but we're also probably a little angry with ourselves because it's hard to accept right where we're at, right? Exactly. So, so I think if you accept a little more where you're at and so much of that then comes with then honesty mm. and mm -hmm. being honest and telling people what you need mm -hmm. is okay. Like maybe you don't want to say, Hey, what you said now is really stupid and not helpful. <laughs> Cause I mean, we want to say that, yeah. but maybe say, Hey, you know, I appreciate your sentiment, but it would be more helpful if, if you could say this, or it would be more helpful if you could do this right now, that isn't helping or serving, you know, yep. I think it's okay to tell someone because people don't know, we all grieve so differently and people don't know what you need from them unless you tell them. But I think you can tell them without anger. Yeah. If you can, mm -hmm. I think you're going to be more received. And I think you're going to feel better. Mm -hmm. So accepting that what you're feeling is okay. And it's okay if you're a little angry or frustrated with someone, but maybe you can find a way to say to them, Hey, you know, mm -hmm. so I found acceptance and I found honesty because I would say to friends that said to me, I would just tell them, Hey, that was so helpful when you did this. Mm -hmm. Maybe not as helpful when you did that, but it was helpful when you did this. And maybe that's enough to say, Hey, what, what it was helpful when they did versus yeah. Yeah. And then have them keep doing that, right? Encourage them to keep doing those things that were helpful for you. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think that acceptance comes more in in knowing the intention. Like I would get really frustrated with people and what they said. And I learned more to know their intention, mm -hmm. you know, to learn an intention for them. Their intention was to help. Yeah. Um, my intention has always been to help. Mm -hmm. others on their process, but I'm sure I've said things wrong or not done the right thing. Yeah. Um, so I think again, that acceptance, honesty with yourself. And then the acceptance is really so big because it falls into like, that's like, the, so maybe that's it's like, acceptance, acceptance, <laughs> acceptance. <and> acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Because that's all three really, because if you accept that today, I can't get out of bed mm -hmm. today. I'm too sad today. I'm going to be sad. Mm -hmm. And today that's okay. Because I think when you're forcing yourself not to feel a certain way, you're angry at the whole world because you think they're forcing you not to feel it too, right? Instead yeah. of just accepting, right now I feel this way. Yeah. And accepting that in another moment I might be able to laugh. 
And in another moment, we, I laughed at the craziest times and I still do with it. You know, with my support group, we laugh at the silliest things. And I think sometimes other people would think we were absolutely crazy and go, those moms, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're laughing at that. That seems just preposterous. I mean, mm-hmm. like, that's almost like, you know, yeah, they'd be mortified at some of the things we laugh about. But I think it's finding your, finding maybe your, your group of people too that can support you through that. And then knowing that maybe that there's, again, accepting that they don't have the capacity to help you. Maybe that's not their journey. Yeah. You know, so again, but I think that, yeah, acceptance is a big one. Just, and this year was my year in Greece to accept that, yeah, my life isn't, isn't going to be the same, but I'm still supposed to have a life. Exactly. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we can say that he would want that. And I know he would, mm-hmm. but also like, it's the first time ever I think, and it sounds super selfish, but it's the first time ever I can say, I want that. I want to have a life. Yeah. I want to have a life that's happy. Yeah. I want to have a life that's joyful. I think I'm allowed. Yes. You know? (laughs) (laughs) It's a tearjerker over here if you could only see. No, I love that. I think that you deserve it. Everyone deserves it. Yeah. And it is to to make that statement is to yourself, to life, especially after losing someone who you know, that you gave birth to, yeah. that you birthed into this world through your body yeah. to lose, to lose that child and to be able to still stake your claim in this yeah. life and, yeah. and that you get to have happiness yeah. and you can still miss him. Yeah. He's still here with you, but it's different. Yeah. You know, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a really inspiring note to wrap up. Yeah. Your yeah, awakening so story. Yeah. yeah. And I hope it, yeah, my my thought is hope too. I guess hope, there is hope, you know, mm-hmm. there's hope of finding that. And I, that's why I teach is maybe just, I can't, I can't bring others to that place of acceptance or their own place of hope, but I can support that it's okay if they get there. And I'd mm-hmm. love to see them get there mm-hmm. <laughs> on their own way, yeah. you know, well, and I, think, I want it for everyone. Exactly. And, and that piece of acceptance of, of, it's okay. Like, it's okay if you're sad today. It's okay if you're angry right now. It's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay if you laugh. It's okay if you laugh. And being able to, first of all, like you said, like, accept that, but but have, they kind of go hand in hand. It seems like the honesty, self-honesty and mm-hmm. acceptance yeah. go hand in hand. Because to be really honest with yourself, you are going to have to accept you're not always pretty. Mm-mm. You're messy a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of feelings. You don't yeah. want to feel or don't feel good, yeah. you know. So I love yeah. those two reminders. And then you did you did throw down a third one, but what was it? Would it be hope? I don't even know. hope. Yes, yes, <laughs> hope. hope, acceptance, hope is yeah, self honesty and hope yeah. that there is hope, yeah. and you are proof of that. Oh. There, I mean, I think that you're going to inspire hope in lots of people on um, throughout the rest of your life, and and I'm sure you have throughout your life yeah, as well. Thank you. I'm trying. I think that I have to, uh, the only thing I have to end that with, with Ryan would say mm-hmm. that somehow that he was pushing me on this. So he wants to take credit for it too. I know he does. 
So <laughs> he's he can take a little. We'll give him some high fives also. <laughs> Mom, keep doing it. Yeah, I think he always. I, I almost hear him cheer me on, and I and I have an energy healer I went to, and she said, "Yeah, he wants to take all the credit for you going to Bali and doing this." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, no, he doesn't get to take all the credit." <laughs> he's. I'll like, give him. I'll share it with him. Yeah, because I think he would be. Yeah, he would be very. He would be happy to see that I'm able to laugh and have hope. And I think that's why sometimes those memories come to you that make you smile and laugh, Mm -hmm. you know, because Mm -hmm. you, you need them Mm -hmm. in that moment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So. Woo. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much for all of that goodness. So much. Um, Thank you for letting me share. I could go. Yeah, once I start talking about him too, I can go on and on. And I think that's another thing. Yeah. If someone does tell you the same story again or they go on and on about someone they're missing, if you can, offer space and time. Yeah. I think it's real important. Yeah. Yeah, the stories need to be heard. They need to be told. They need to be um, shared. Yeah, and honored. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope lots of people get an opportunity to hear your story through this podcast. And... There are ways that you can get in touch with Angela, which are in the show notes. You can go check out her website, go check her out on social media. You do offer some Zoom yoga classes here and there and possibly some future retreats. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's definitely in the works and some places where I'm researching places right now that would feel real safe for safe spaces for yoga retreats for moms in grief and just retreats in general for yeah anyone that's kind of experiencing that grief or wants to find their joy again awesome i love it i love it all right well thank you again for being here thanks for listening everyone and i'll catch you on the next episode thanks so much amy hey there before you go i wanted to ask you do you have a story of awakening If so, I'm currently scheduling guests for future episodes. So go to the show notes and click the link to apply. I would love, love, love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode today and you're excited about this topic of awakening, please leave a review. It's a super easy way to help this show reach more people. So thank you again for being here. Thanks for listening in and have a beautiful day.